Hello, dear ones. I'm Barbara Hemphill, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and vision accelerator. Welcome to Christine's Radiant Joy video podcast. If you're not where you'd hoped to be spiritually right now, this series will encourage you to be who God made you to be. Chances are you're a well-meaning believer with a lot on your plate. So thank you for tuning in as you seek Holy Spirit inspiration to move into life to the full with purpose, fruitfulness, healing, freedom, and radiant joy. Christine is a Benedictine-trained spiritual director with a heart for unity in the body of Christ. A former lawyer, Christine is a wife, mother, and grandmother who avidly pursues transformation in Christ. She's an author focused on the Holy Spirit's role in women's lives. Her book, Reap As You Sow, is about how creativity relates to stillness and spiritual fulfillment. I'm excited to tell you that she has a new book in the works, so stay tuned. Christine has earned certifications as a creativity coach and a spiritual coach. With the Holy Spirit, she's led and participated in decades of interdenominational prayer groups. She's also an experienced leader and trainer of healing and deliverance ministry teams. Those teams use the unbound prayer model that's effectively freed Protestant and Catholic Christians worldwide from brokenness. She and her guests will encourage you as they share practical and inspiring ideas about the healing, love, and power of God. So come, Holy Spirit, please be with everyone listening as they welcome my sister in Christ and yours, Christine Smith. Hi, I'm Christine, welcoming you to my first Radiant Joy podcast. My website is radiantjoy.us. Joy has been a focus for me for most of my life. When I think of joy, I always get a mental picture of a certain lively redhead who, to me, exudes joy. He's always smiling, upbeat, peaceful, loving. He's spirit-filled. He's eager to help and uplift others. He's enthusiastic, he's hopeful, he's friendly, he's warm, and I trust you will be truly blessed today by our guest. So let us welcome Father Michael Hurley. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. It's great to be uh, to be on um, the show and to talk about uh, radiating the joy and the presence of the Lord in our life. Yes. So um, I would just like to share that Father Michael was my pastor and my spiritual director when I was living in San Francisco, and I was worshiping and active at St. Dominic's Catholic Church there. So uh, Father Michael uh, has the letters O.P., after his name. Would you like to share what that means? Oh, absolutely. So I'm part of a religious order that goes back over 800 years, known as the Order of Preachers, or uh, our founder uh, was uh, Saint Dominic de Guzman, a, a Spanish uh, priest who, at a certain point in his life, was felt compelled to witness to the faith in a 
place and time where if we had to contemporize the situation, we would say that a group of people who were spiritual, but not religious. Mm -hmm. um, they had a sense of pure spirituality, but not with the, the, the Catholic Church. And St. Dominic, who was a priest at that time, felt called to preach the gospel, that is, to preach for their salvation and for the salvation of, of those uh, who were perhaps being led astray. And his success in doing that led to him asking the Holy Father of the Pope that he might start a group that uh, simply their purpose was to preach for the salvation of souls. So he was given the thumbs up uh, and the rest is history. And instead of being called like the Order of Benedictines or um, like the Order of Friars Minor, like the Franciscans, we're not the Order of St. Dominic. We're not OSD, Order of St. Dominic, or uh, the, in, in a sense, um, those who uh, follow uh, the mendicant way or the way of poverty. We are known as the Order of Preachers, the only religious order in the church to be named for what we do. <laughs> so OP is Order of Preachers or Orden Predicatorum in Latin. Thank you. Well, one of the things that I enjoy about being one of your parishioners was your preaching. And oh. I would love how you would preach. And you almost always had some humor in with it. And you made your points in a way that was totally captivating. And at the at the end, you would summarize the message in a sentence or so. And you would ask us whether we were going to be willing to go out and radiate the joy of the gospel in the heart of the city and you would you would ask us with a amen and you would get a resounding amen <laughs> so where does that phrase come from and what role does it play in the in uh, your parish yeah, no, it's a wonderful question because uh, as a pastor here, I'm pastor, just to uh, folks know, to reiterate, um, of St. Dominic's uh, Parish, the Dominican Parish in the, in the heart of San Francisco, even geographically, just in terms of uh, history, we were one of the very first um, parishes and the first archbishop of San Francisco, this diocese, was a Dominican. So we actually, the Pope sent two Dominicans, one to start the order. It was up in Venetian, California, and one uh, to start the diocese at the same time. So historically, the Dominicans have been here for as long as the diocese has literally existed in order to preach. And so I, my little time of being pastor here in the last, you know, 10 years is in continuity with the presence of the living word being here in San Francisco, of course, there's been many <laughs> cultural changes in those in those in those years since um, uh, the 17 or the 1800s when when California was was uh, the diocese was first established in the 1850s. But the idea is that that everything we've received, everything we've been given from generations and including the gospel needs to be shared with the sense of how it's transforming us. So that sense of radiance. And when I first arrived here, I'd been ordained, uh, you know, I, I think I'd been ordained to 2007. So uh, what, about six years, five or six years when I was asked to come and be pastor here and Pope Francis had uh, been uh, more or less elected fairly recently, and he put out an apostolic exhortation 
Evangelii Gaudum, or the joy of the gospel. And I remember, you know, you come to a new place, you have new responsibilities, and you just read something or connect with something. And just those those few lines that just said, you know, the the joy of the gospel, it calls us uh, to witness to the presence of our Lord Jesus. And I was like, yes, that's it. That's that does that that just that first phrase really resonated in my heart. And I said, if I had to say, because people would ask, you know, when I, the, the the previous pastor had been pastor for a number of years. And so you come into a new situation and you're like, oh boy, I want to, I want to have continuity, but I am who I am too. So I, I can't just always do things like the other person that done it. I have to be who I am too. And it really, that just that phrase of the joy of the gospel, how the fruit, the first fruit of, you know, the presence of one you love is St. Thomas Aquinas says, is joy. And the joy that we're called to have by receiving the Lord is the power that helps us to share (laughs) that gospel with others. And that first little phrase in that apostolic exhortation, the joy of the gospel, uh, was really, if you will, synthesized or really put in uh, to make sense to me that our little mission statement for the parish and many parishes have little mission statements and oftentimes frankly they're uh they try to be inclusive of everything so they're just kind of long you know <laughs> kind of uh, committee put you know <laughs> statements mm-hmm. that no one ever remembers i just want one sentence brevity and with a little bit of an impact of what do we do here at saint dominic's every parishioner at every mass on sunday is going to hear the words <laughs> we are called to radiate the joy of the gospel in the heart of the city and as you say i'm even if i don't preach at any particular mass i'm always there at the end of mass and i simply just say you know something like here's what's going on this week or save the date for that and guess what <laughs> we've re- we've just received jesus sacramentally or spiritually now let's act like it and <laughs> now let's go out and radiate that joy here in the heart of the city amen <laughs> amen so amen. that's every, every and i tried to you, you do that enough and hopefully <laughs> some of that sticks in our minds and sticks in our hearts and sticks in my mind and sticks in my heart and anytime i'm needing a sense of encouragement a sense of direction it's a nice touchstone to come back to to say okay does this really fit if what i'm doing today or what i'm doing this moment does this fit into the lord's invitation for me to radiate his love and his joy Perfect. It's great. So um, it's kind of a basic question, but, you know, I've been thinking about how, what actually is the joy of the gospel? And of course, I read Pope Francis's book when it first came out too, and also loved it. But now years later, I'm thinking, so is the good, is the joy of the gospel, the good news of Jesus and the, his disciples doing preaching and healing and casting out demons? Is it all the elements of the Lord's Prayer? Um, is it, you know, I, I'm interested, I've always, I've been interested and was active in, at St. Dominic's with Unbound Ministry, where we talk about the five keys of the gospel that we use in Unbound as a prayer model. What, what, what can you what would you point to as the joy of the gospel we're supposed to be radiating yeah no it's a it's a great question and as i, I said before when we talk about joy uh, the specific way i think we've received uh, that notion is from saint paul when he talks about how do you know when the holy spirit is alive and active what are those little signals those 
those graces, the, the, if you will, as Jesus says, you'll know something by its fruits. Mm -hmm. And so very famously, he points to the different fruits of the Holy Spirit. Even if we can't see the Holy Spirit, <laughs> we can notice the effects. Like it says, the wind blowing. Thomas Aquinas has a wonderful mm, kind of image of a, the sailor on the sea. And he, he can't, you know, see the wind, but he puts up his, he puts up his, um, uh, his sail and <laughs> the spirit comes and just, and the wind comes and just moves the, the boat. So we can say, Oh yeah, I'm moving. I, I know there's a presence of, of the, of this power here. So too, we set our sails through, through prayer, our spiritual life, and we allow the Holy Spirit and the power of the breath of the Spirit to come and to move us closer to that destination, that place the Lord has destined us for. And one of those signal graces, one of those fruits that we can identify is the presence of joy. And now, just to say a little bit more specifically, joy is not necessarily a kind of optimistic viewpoint of life or you know you, you're kind of mentioning i you know for myself i think i i, I have just in terms of natural personality i i've all you try to see the good and you're trying to like as you enjoy jovial spirit those are all good things but some people can be a little more you know reticent or uh, you know perhaps a, a, a little more um can be shy or just we, we have different natures mm -hmm. so it doesn't mean that uh you know that the lord doesn't work in perhaps a more uh a taciturn <laughs> kind of spirit what it is is not just a personality trait but the effect and the first effect think thomas says of being and recognizing that you are encountering love each one of us is made by love <laughs> we are made to receive love and we are made to share love so made by love for love to be love <laughs> right mm -hmm. and we know that's happening we can notice it uh by if you will that presence of joy that presence uh that we're doing something beyond our own power there's some there's not only the experience of someone who is willing your good or you're willing their good or you're being generous or involved in any kind of act of love either given or received but there's another quality to it even in the process of receiving or giving love there is if you will an effect <laughs> that spills over and even if it's a difficult moment i have to say there's moments of um of like sacrificial love or love which is meant in challenging and even though you wouldn't say it's a moment of you know you wouldn't celebrate <laughs> you know mm -hmm. when especially it's a moment of 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 pain or death or, or some particular suffering but when you see goodness there you, your heart the, the only way to describe it is you, your heart is uplifted <laughs> there's it's like wow something beyond what i could be in control of is present and I know it's here and it's active. And how can that not lift my heart and my mind to that source of love? That also sounds to me like confidence and trust in the Lord. Absolutely. I mean, when you talk about a, when you start to put together some of those fruits, uh, 
peace of mind and heart, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You, you get trust. Uh, you, you, they, they tend to be, um, uh, they, they come in groups. Or like, it's like a fruit basket, right? The Lord, when he, when he gives us, he doesn't necessarily just give us little isolated uh, fruits, but oftentimes there's a little, it's a little fruit salad, Holy Spirit fruit salad. <laughs> and, they, and they come and if you, if you lose one, you know, if you lose a little sweetness of one fruit, then the little tang of the other fruit perhaps isn't as accented as well. So you, you could talk about a, a, a spirit mm-hmm spiritual spring mix of, of fruits as well. You're, you're exactly, you're exactly yeah. right about that. Uh, um, so what about the word radiate? So I think of radiate, I think of um, heat, you know, fire, furnace. I think of light, love, or I think about something going out from a central point, sort of out in a circle. How, how do you, what do you think radiating looks like to other people? who are observing a person who is radiating the joy of the gospel. Yeah. The, I, I, in, in truth, the, the uh, idea or the kind of the inspiration for that is uh, the Magnificat, that beautiful moment when the Blessed Virgin Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. Um, and I, I think, I mean, that's perhaps a, a kind of a translation. We, we don't magnify in English. You know, Mary's not speaking English. She's speaking <laughs> Hebrew, right? So the, 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 the best, I think, English equivalent of what Mary is talking about when uh, her cousin Elizabeth recognizes in her that she's called the mother of God. And she says, my soul magnifies or makes, in a sense, bigger or uh, projects uh, the greatness of the Lord, my spirit finds joy in God, my savior. That's the, if you will, I think the paradigmatic image or the the core fundamental um, um, image of who we are called to be, that is to, to not only be in possession of, or at least encounter Christ, but that our souls, our lives, our action, our witness might make bigger, might magnify, might be a source from which the Lord is touching hearts and minds outside of ourselves, because what happens is then it's, it redounds to us. You know, once it goes out from us, it actually becomes stronger in us, right? So there's a kind of synergy both ways. So when it comes to, to radiating, I think the model to really reflect on the one, my source and inspiration when we, when we came up with this little phrase for our parish, radiate the joy of the gospel, was that Pope Francis, um, uh, exhortation, but it also scripturally was really the Blessed Virgin Mary and that great Magnificat that as a religious I pray every night in the in their, their evening prayers uh, and ask myself, <laughs> hopefully if I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm you know kind of in sync with our Lord and the Holy Spirit, asking the Lord that I might like Blessed Virgin Mary be radiating, magnifying, making bigger. <laughs> the Lord has a footprint or 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 a, or a sign through me that He's present and alive in our world. Beautiful. Um, one of my favorite Bible verses is Ephesians two ten, uh, which is you know we are we are uh, God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good work that he planned in advance for us to do. So to me, the shorthand for that is calling. It is we each have a mission, a calling, something that God planned for us. And um, so what do you think about whether joy flows from our doing what we are called to do? 
Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, I think one of the, the, as you say, uh, St. Paul kind of earlier, that's kind of a, kind of a culmination says we've all been destined <laughs> to mm -hmm. a particular work. We've all, the Lord has called us, as you say, um, not just in, I mean, he certainly calls us all to, <laughs> to, to heaven, to be with him, to live with him as creatures of, made by love for love to be loved, but in a very particular way. And you can get even into the granular, even day to day, the Lord's always calling us today. They actually, the, the response was, if today, and meaning since today, you're going to hear his voice, harden not your heart. So be open to that. And so that idea then is, is kind of like, okay, how do I know day to day or week to week or month to month or year to year that indeed I'm, I'm really doing what the Lord has for me. And in other words, um, oftentimes in our spiritual life, we don't always get what we might call the gift of or the kind of insight of of clarity to know, oh, that's exactly what the Lord wants to do. That that can be there can be struggles around that. Even as, even as a priest and a religious, I'm always saying, Lord, <laughs> you know, the to to um uh, to quote uh, the St. Catherine, you know, if I'm, if I'm, uh, or St. Teresa, I think it is, who says, you know, if I'm in God's grace, you know, praise the Lord. If I'm not, Lord, help me get there. You know, you're not, mm -hmm. you know, even Thomas Aquinas says we can't know for sure, 100% sure that we're in God's grace. We, there's that element of trust, right? So taking all that is how do we, how does joy figure into that sense of knowing the specific call that we've given? It's, and here we have the baptism of the Lord. It's, joy being, if you will, the experience of, if you will, the pleasure of God in our lives when we're doing what he created us to do. So my oh, little nice. image here is at the baptism of the Lord, what happens? You know, John is very hesitant. I shouldn't baptize you. You know, you should baptize. Like, nope, this is what we're going to do for righteous. When Jesus is baptized, the heavens open and the voice says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the spirit comes down. And I always think of that through our baptism, the Lord takes delight in his son and through his son and how we're incorporated into the life of Christ through our baptism. God, the father takes pleasure in us. He delights in us. And joy is, if you will, the experience of God's pleasure in us, his delight in us. The, the, the little image I often We'll give, I don't know if you've seen this as a non-religious um, specific uh, example, but there's that one of my favorite movies, uh, the movie Chariots of Fire. <laughs> I knew you were going to say never that. Seen it. It, it's, on the, it's on the Father Michael recommended list. <laughs> I actually show it to the novices every year at some point because I find, you know, um, men in their early 20s don't have uh, the rich uh, experience of some of the classic movies. So it's my little, <laughs> one of my little <laughs> helps to them. But in the movie, there's this uh, English um, uh, run at track and field uh, guy who's, who's Christian, so won't run on Sunday. Uh, he's, he's not Catholic. He's, um, uh, he's vegetarian, but he basically just says, I'm not going to do it. And when they say why, it's just a race, you know, God wants you to, he says, you know, no, you don't understand. He, and he's one of the, he's an Olympian. So he's like one of the best of the best. He says, the power of my running, my ability to run, isn't just my natural ability. It certainly is rooted in that, but it's not, it's when I run, I feel God's pleasure. In other words, taking the gifts he had been given were brought to a different kind of level of natural being such that now it's not just him running, but the Lord running in him and through him. And he just, the actors just, whatever he runs with this reckless abandon, throws his head back. And, and, and so he says, I can't run because I'll, I'll, 
I'll, I'll, there'll be an impediment to feeling the pleasure of the Lord in that moment. And, and so I, so trying to live life, <laughs> you know, in feeling and experience the pleasure of God using our natural gifts and talents for his purposes, that's where the joy comes in, the experience of the pleasure of God rooted through our baptism in the daily vocation to which we're called. That is a huge takeaway, I think, the pleasure of God um, as no as a sign of your joy. And that's wonderful. I love that. Um, never put that together before. Um, and you mentioned St. Catherine a moment ago in passing, but um, I came across a quote of hers, which was, be who God wants you to be, and you can set the world on fire. Yes. <laughs> and and in the same same place where I was looking at that online, it said that she was such a happy child that her family nicknamed her Joy. Of course, it wasn't in English. They picked a Greek version of the word joy, but they called her Joy from her youngest years. And then here, you know, she's obviously a doctor of the church, uh, somebody we who it's highly respected, and I think she nailed it there. Be who God wants you to be, and you can set the world on fire. Yeah, absolutely. And once again, just to maybe it's a maybe to make this point again, because someone might be listening to this and thinking, "Oh, that's great for Father <laughs> Michael and Christina. They just seem like naturally upbeat people." And but but how could I? I that's not that's not my experience. My experience is the, the difficulty, the challenges of life, and and to say Saint Catherine nicknamed Joy, I definitely had that kind of personality. She suffered tremendously in her yeah. life. She had a real darkness, especially around how there were those who were coming against her um, politically. She, of course, is very famous for telling the Pope he's got to go back to Rome. And when the Pope says, I'm, I'm scared to do it because I'll, because I, I'm, there's going to be forces and I'll probably die. She says, yeah, you will die, but you're going to, your job is just to get it back to Rome. So in other words, <laughs> she had a hard truth to communicate. There were forces even within the church that were looking to upset and come against her. And yet and for all that, it wasn't that she was still kind of happy and, and kind of optimistic. She knew that she was doing what God had set her out to do. And so once again, it was the experience of knowing how she was receiving God's love and being God's love, which was the source of that joy, that source of that, if you will, uh, optimism, not just a natural kind of proclivity to that. Or yeah. uh, take, for example, just a more recent example. Um, every, if I say, um, you know, if I, if, if I say the words, Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Everyone in that, I just, I, we have a beautiful image of her taken by a, a photographer of and just that great, we all know, that great big smile, the warmth that literally radiated from her face, you know, especially as, you know, even as, as she aged, there was the, just the, <laughs> the joy, even in the, her name, it seemed like her face was just naturally etched in a smile, <laughs> right? She just had this real vitality. And then what do we find out later after she passes away that her spiritual director reveals that she had absolutely no certainty or no palpable experience of God's existence for all those years of her life when she's doing ministry. She experienced a deep and profound darkness of spiritual drought, a dark night of the soul, so to speak. And yet by casual observation, you would have thought, 
wow, she's the most, she's the happiest, happy-go-lucky, optimistic person. And I, what I'm saying is that joy wasn't fake, but it wasn't rooted in a kind of certainty that, oh, I, I, I'm, I know all will be well, or I have a, a great certitude of things. Those two things in our lives coexist. The uncertainty and the challenge of daily living and the darkness of faith, along with the presence of God, even if we don't experience it, but as you go back to that sense of trust, <laughs> trusting in the Lord that he's there, which gives us the ability to continue to act in the way the Lord calls us to act, to live our vocation, from which that joy naturally just bubbles up, whether we're choosing it or not. I guess that's the way mm -hmm. that joy isn't chosen, love is chosen, joy is that effect. I was going to ask you about, you know, how did you remain in joy during the whole pandemic and stuff like that? But I think you've probably, you, you've already given us a lot of that answer, but I'll ask the question anyway. Yeah, no. So and once again, I'll just reiterate because because I, I really do think this is, um, how to put it, we can, I, and I'll make a broader point here. Um, the spiritual life is not directly correlated with our emotional life. Uh, I'll just give a very easy example, kind of taken in a different arena. Sometimes folks will come in and they'll be asking for the gift of God's pardon, forgiveness, and mercy. And they'll say, Father, you know, I want to go to confession and things. And you'll confess things like, well, I was angry or frustrated or sad or depressed. And, you know, and we'll work with that. But my first point is always like, none of those things are our choices, right? None of those things are necessarily sinful. Now, we can be upset or be in an emotional state of, state of upset or frustration, and it can lead us to do things that are unloving, uncharitable, and then we ask God for mercy. But the state of being emotionally in a trough, so to speak, or in a low point, should never be confused with our ability to choose and to act in loving and healthy ways. Um, one of the wonderful things, I'll just plug this, I think about the, um, the great ministry of Unbound, <laughs> is it lets us know that there are aspects of our lives in terms of our emotional and our psycholo psychological life and our history and, and that can wound us and leave us with a kind of unavailability for love. In other words, in order to receive love, we have to have the capacity to receive it. And I think we sometimes undervalue or we overrate our ability. Like if someone's going to do something nice for me, of course I can accept it. Not necessarily. I think sometimes the hardest aspect of being someone who is living in love and choosing the good and choosing the good for others and receiving that it's just our capacity to receive it, right? Do we know and are we able to let someone love us and to take fully take that on board and to be able to receive love as a kind of language, maybe to use that, mm -hmm. that phrase? Can we hear that language of love being spoken to us? And sometimes there are emotional things that get in the way and they shouldn't be confused with that love, but they can be impediments to that. And so we need to be healed of that. We need to be unbound from that we need to be free then to operate and to have full use of our heart and mind to receive and, and to give love and so when things like the pandemic or ill health or the loss of a loved one or any kind of change which brings us struggle in life because we're going to have struggle always in life. One of the one of the effects of original sin <laughs> that God says is there's going to be uncertainty. You're cut mm -hmm. off from the tree of life. So there's always be uncertainty in your life. It'll be fragile. For Eve, it was like you'll produce life 
but it will always come with pain. So there's nothing, not, not just human life, but any creativity, anything that human beings make always comes with pain. No way around it. And finally, <laughs> for Adam, you're going to work. <laughs> None of us can avoid work. Life is labor. So <laughs> uncertainty, pain, and labor, this is universal. And there's no way, whether we believe in God or not, that's the human condition. What our faith helps us to do, and this is where the joy comes in, is amidst those things, amidst those things, and in perhaps the, the negative emotional reaction we have to those things, we can choose the good. <laughs> we can ask the Lord for healing so that we might be able to be free to both accept his love, to receive it, and to share it with others. And when that happens, the natural effect you know, just like when you drop something, it falls. The falling is the effect of that gravity. So mm -hmm. too, the joy, <laughs> like the helium balloon that rises, our heart and our mind rises. And we're not choosing the rising. We're choosing the love that indeed affects that rising of our hearts and our minds. Well, I, I didn't expect you to put in such a plug for Unbound, but since you have, <laughs> I'm going to uh, let people watching this know that Unbound ministry really is available to any Christian. Um, there is a website, heartofthefather.com, where you can find out where the closest ministry is to where you live. And it's across the world, not just in the United States. And if you're in San Francisco, the place to go is fivekeystofreedom.com, which is at St. Dominic's but serves people from other churches and denominations as well, as long as you believe in Christ. And in Albuquerque, you can go to um, abq.org slash unbound, or you can contact me and I will make an appointment with you personally, since that's my favorite ministry. <laughs> Sorry for the commercial, but you led right into it. I couldn't resist. <laughs> no, I, exactly. <laughs> no, it's 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 a powerful tool, scriptural based. But like you said, for people of uh, you know wherever you are walking, if you can say that Jesus Christ is Lord, the Lord Jesus can free us to receive and be that love, especially healing wounds. Really, and help us get rid of all those limiting beliefs that we operate with. Absolutely, uh, and even some generational curses, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, yeah it's wonderful. Um, Okay, I would, there's one other person who's a quote I came across in preparing for today, and that was Blessed Fulton Sheen, who said, you will never be happy if your happiness depends on getting solely what you want. Change the focus, get a new center, will what God wills, and no one will be able to take your joy away from you. Um, so my question is, you you counsel a lot of people, you do spiritual direction, and you hear confessions. How resistant are people to willing what God wills? <laughs> oh, 75, 80%. <laughs> I, I was just making the point that I, I don't need a lot of experience in um, spiritual direction or confession to know it's it's hard it's it's easy to get stuck i just know from my own experience we, I think we all have experience getting, <laughs> getting stuck i think it's kind of the way um just in terms of how we're wired as, as human beings we tend to be kind of creatures of habit 
<laughs> and so and I, I was recently reading something about how often do we really change our mind about everything from, uh, you know, politics to our favorite foods to the the pastimes that's the team we root for it's just things kind of we kind of get especially as we get older you know kind of things uh, develop a natural rhythm rhythm and so to shake us out of that right this is why the lord always has a two-form strategy in the gospel when the, someone is afflicted he comforts them and when someone's feeling comfortable he always afflicts them. <laughs> <laughs> and so he always is looking to kind of shake us up a little bit because we're always on the way as long as we're here on this earth we don't have full possession of what the source of our happiness is. And that is nothing less than face-to-face -face encounter with our creator, particularly the creator who has become part of his creation, our Lord Jesus Christ, to see the face of the father through the son is our destiny. And while we're on the way, we're, we're not going to, St. Paul says, we see kind of, you know, uh, you know, just half <laughs> obscurely in a mirror, you know, just a very, just a kind of, the hints and we're not going to be able to see it so we're always trying to what to grow closer to the lord to to break down those impediments uh to be able to let the the barriers the walls of our hearts <laughs> crumble down in the power of the lord's love and his presence uh, and so how to put it i i guess what to say i think the most um uh perhaps uh, hopeful or encouraging thing to say is that we should never despair, never despair of what the Lord can do in our lives. The Lord is always, there's there's not, no evil action, even if it be a very selfish evil action, that will ever cause the Lord not to love us. We are good because God loves us, not the other way around. God doesn't love us because we're good. Absolutely. So that's the heartbeat of it all, right? That's right. And yet, and yet, and yet, we can always, the moment we kind of, you know, maybe sit back and just kind of say, okay, well, not, I don't need to do anything. That's when the Lord says, yet, <laughs> anything else, anything other than always seeking his will and his word is going to leave us with a profound unhappiness, a profound frustration and lack. And so it's the continual striving for his will that brings us happiness and this side of the grave or this side of the veil that's always a, that's always a pursuit a striving but it should be done with the great hope and expectation that in the lord the lord is in charge and all will be well amen i i was going to say too i i just this the spirit is willing but walking in this in the spirit takes just an incredible amount of supernatural grace um, I think we're getting near our end, but I would love for you to share any other parting words of uh, counsel or encouragement. Yeah, and it would be just to maybe come full circle on the radiating the joy of the gospel here in San Francisco, wherever you are. The beautiful thing about mm, witnessing to our faith is that in the very witnessing of our faith, um, we once again experience the fullness of God's presence. So sometimes people think, oh, people like Father Michael or Christine or someone in a kind of a, have a direct calling to a particular ministry. These are people who make uh, the faith, the Catholic faith or belief in Jesus. Uh, that's their kind of vocation. But 
I guess my, my parting kind of words or my encouragement is we're all called to radiate, to bring the joy of the good news that Christ has come, that he loves us, he died for us, and he wants us to live with him. And the way we act, the way we witness to that, not only helps others, but it actually confirms and inflames and helps us to experience that presence. So this is why uh, St. James says, those who save a soul, save their own, <laughs> right? So in mm-hmm. other words, when it comes to witnessing the gospel, if you will, there's there's a real direct connection between living our faith and witnessing to others and growing in our faith. So so how to put it, we've just we've just had a good word here. We haven't received the Lord sacramentally, but let's, for those who have listened, let's now go forth from this moment being encouraged, inspired, and radiate that joy of the gospel wherever we are. Amen? Amen. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. What a pleasure. My pleasure. God bless. God bless you too. And God bless everybody who's been watching. Um, Thank you for being here. And I also invite you to feel free to... um, Email me, contact me through my website, and I would be happy to receive prayer requests. And I promise you, I will pray for each of you who contacts me by name every day for until the next podcast comes out. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to Christine's Radiant Joy video podcast. Please visit RadiantJoy.us to subscribe to her monthly Radiant Joy newsletter, to be notified when her next book is released, or to set up an appointment to speak with Christine about Unbound Ministry. And please pass this along to others who might enjoy it. Christine is an award-winning quilt maker whose spiritually inspired quilts is featured in the Reap As You Sew section of RadiantJoy.us. You're in for a treat if you go check it out. You'll find her blog and the complete archive of all of her podcast episodes at radiantjoy.us. Or you can subscribe through your favorite podcast player and never miss an episode. Each month, Christine will bring you a message of how you are called by God, remembering that we are all God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God planned. You are equipped with every spiritual blessing you need to succeed. We look forward to getting together here every first Thursday. Don't wait. Connect now with Christine at RadiantJoy.us. God bless you.